Welcome to the People of Packaging podcast, brought to you by Specrite. Specrite wants you to envision a world without waste. Join the movement at specrite.com backslash PKG. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. I am your host with the Holy Ghost, the Packaging Pastor, Adam Peek. You can find me on LinkedIn, A-D-A-M-P-E-E-K, and also on TikTok, at Packaging Pastor. I've got a wonderful episode today with Kay Stanish. You're going to want to check that out for sure. Also, if you've been watching or listening or paying attention this podcast has moved over to Substack. I'm so excited to be on this platform. You can subscribe for free or paid. Uh, the paid subscription, I think right now is, it's down around like 28 bucks for the year. It's like $5 a month or 28 bucks for the year. I know the math is ridiculously easy. So you can go sign up at packagingisawesome.com or also at packagingpastor.com. It gets you on the newsletter. You can sign up, you get alerted whenever an episode drops. I also drop new newsletters for the paid subscribers. I've got some extra content regarding some sales training that I do and just other sorts of uh, content that I'm creating will be available to paid subscribers along with just some time to connect over Zoom if you've got questions and you want to chat. So you can do that over at packagingisawesome.com or at packagingpastor.com. Either one will get you into the subscription page. Groovy? Cool deal. Well, now let's get to this interview here with Kay. All right, everybody, I am here today with Kay. That rhymed. I'm here today with Kay. I'm a poet and didn't even realize that I had the potential to become one. Uh, so I'm with Kay Stanish. Kay is the Senior Director of Strategy, Product Management, and New Markets for Jabel. All right, did I say Jabel correct? You did. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was like ill or ol, but uh, I, I just I just went for it. Uh, so, Kay, thank you so much for coming on the People of Packaging podcast. Uh, I'm I'm excited to dig into everything that you're doing here in the industry. Well, thank you for having me, and I'm excited to share with you guys today. Yeah, for sure. So I, I like for people, because most people in the packaging industry have not been interviewed. They, they've never been on a podcast or you know, we're not exactly like, I mean, maybe like a magazine publication or something like that, but it's most of us, myself included, when I first got into it, I had no idea. Um, people didn't know who I was and I didn't know what I was doing. So I find that the easiest thing to start off with is to, for you to answer just the easiest question I think you could ever be asked, which is just tell us a little bit more about your journey into the packaging industry. Sure. Um, so I have been involved um, basically my entire career in product management and or product innovation in some way, shape, or form. And uh, it's interesting now to look back on it. The vast majority of that has been in packaging. And it started off um, really looking at, um, or working with companies that were interested in new markets to grow into and wanted to understand where their competitive advantage was. And I found my long-term way of thinking was a great advantage to start looking into strategy and what led then to the outcome of that strategy was what, what product opportunities you had to create within the packaging industry. And so for the better part of 20 some years, I've been doing new product development and innovation and launching of new products the last 
three years, uh, in three and a half years or so, I've been part of Jable within their consumer package uh, goods division, doing exactly that, looking at where we can grow in the new markets and what, what new solutions we can bring to the market. And it's really been um, an interesting journey because in the last three years, I would say that whole aspect of sustainability and um, being more in tune with the environment is becoming more and more pressing, especially in the packaging industry. So that's really kind of the focus that we've taken is where are those opportunities and how can we help cut, uh, CPGs of the world kind of reach their, their sustainability goals. Got it. So let me ask the, the chicken and the egg question when it comes to new product innovation. Uh, do you try, do you look out in the marketplace in your career? Would you look out into the marketplace and say, ah, I see a void that we could go fill. Let's develop the product, kind of the like field of dreams. If we build it, the customers will come. Or is a lot of product innovation driven by customer, current customer demand, or even like maybe new prospects saying, we really, this is what we'd really like. Uh, what's, do you find that one or the other is more frequent uh, within, within Jable? Um, actually, I would say no. <clears throat> I've called it actually taking a balanced approach because um, really what, how you discover your markets and your opportunities are discussions with your customers. It's discussion with consumers even. For the fact when it comes to packaging, uh, while we're in a B2B market, we sell to other businesses, it's the end consumer that uses the product and how they interact with it, how they use it. Uh, it is quite interesting sometimes. I've actually done a handful of ethnographic like in-home consumer testing and being able to observe people kind of in their natural habitat and how they use product does lead to a lot of discovery. They do compensating behaviors and other things that do uncover these um, voids that you were talking about or the opportunities that a, a customer might not even know about or how that a customer is using or a consumer is using their product. Uh, but at the same time, there's other things that um, that lead to the, the customer discussion that, you know, they're having problems and it more comes out as a problem. The customers aren't necessarily saying, hey, here, build this for me, because if they already have it figured out, they, they right. more, more or less do it probably themselves, right? right. Um, so it really comes out as like, hey, I have this problem. I'm trying to figure out how to do it. And, and so that happens a little um, more on a, on a customer relationship level, too. So it's a little bit of both. And some of the times you get, you know, when you f find... Um, those voids, let's say on the consumer level, they can be your longer term or more of the big picture, long, like really shifting the market. And those are always the riskier ones or your larger bets. And some of the other ones tend to be quick wins that you can implement. So it's all about balance that you kind of have to work with in terms of your product portfolio. That makes a ton of sense. So I know that uh, you all have been doing quite a bit of work and innovation around food and beverage packaging, specifically as you mentioned, the the really the the positive pressure around sustainability that a lot of brands are feeling. So maybe just speak to a few of the things that you can talk about. I know that not everything in product development is able to be discussed, but what are some things that you can share with the the greater packaging audience about what it is that you're doing uh, to kind of help these brands hit those sustainability goals, specifically in the food and beverage space? Sure. It, you know, it's really interesting when you talk or try and tackle the concept or the, the trend of sustainability, because it's 
ultimately really complicated. Um, and even the customers that we work with tend to have their own goals or motivated by different situations. Um, we talk to customers that are motivated by increasing recycled materials in there or recycle the recyclability of a product. You have customers that are looking at completely alternatives to plastics and wanting to not even use plastics at all. So it really runs the gamut of the different solutions that these customers are looking for. And uh, so we've really taken an open approach in terms of how we can help them. That could be, like I said, recycled materials. We've looked at lightweighting. Those are some really kind of the typical ways of approaching it. But I would say even some interesting ways are um, alternatives to plastic. So we actually are involved in fiber, uh, thermoforming of fiber manufacture, uh, fiber products okay, and molding of fiber, as well as alternatives such as home compostability. So taking a different approach to recycling or the idea of, you know, the, the plastics, um, traditional plastics today and how you recycle that. Maybe the idea is it doesn't even end up at a, a recycling facility that it ends up getting, you know, decomposed in your back garden. So all right. of that is something that we're looking at in, in our food and beverage industry, particularly, as well as some of our other industries of home and personal care. Um, you know, especially in the food and beverage industry, there's a lot of ongoing, um, and I would say even back that up a little bit, in food and beverage and in Europe, there's a lot of legislation. The U.S. market's starting to catch on, but we've done a lot of help with our customers around tethering solutions, right, so that you, the cap of a container or a closure stays on its um, stays on the bottle or stays on its container, you know, so that it can um, be more increased recyclability and not kind of fall through that, the cracks of the recycling system. <laughs> literally. So that's another example. Yeah, literally. literally. The cracks. Uh, that's, that's great. Yeah. The, the thing that I, I love how you talked about how you have to work with brands to understand what their definition, what their definitions are when it comes to sustainability. A, a question that I've asked before is, what are you trying to sustain? You know, like what, what are you trying to give more life to? So is it, is it the product? Is it uh, the, the longevity of earth? Like, are you trying to combat climate change? Are you trying to sustain life in the oceans by getting like, what is your goal? Because sometimes you can't try to sustain a hundred percent of all of it. Right. So, um, you know, that, and, and each brand is going to be different. And by the way, there's, there's not really like a terrible answer to that question. I, in my opinion, I'm not, I'm not the one to sit here and tell brands what it is. Do you kind of take a similar, uh, similar posture? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, I'm nodding as you're saying this because um, we've tried to take a very holistic approach to sustainability when we're helping our customers. Um, one example we have a technology that we call FusePack, uh, FusePack technology, and it, we call it a hybrid, right? It's a hybrid of a rigid and a flexible together. And what it does it is really lightweight the amount of plastic that could go into a package because it's taking out plastic on, along like your side, sidewalls of a container where you don't necessarily need it and use more of a flexible um, in-mold labeling technology to replace the traditional kind of heavy plastic sidewalls. But the interesting thing like that would, at first glance, let's say, of an innovation might th make you think, okay, that's a lightweighting, less plastic solution. But when we looked at it, we also made the technology capable so the product nests within each other. 
Hmm. So when you think about the, the supply chain, a lot of your containers are shipping air because they're not nestable. They're just one bottle or container right next to each other. And they're empty until they get to a filling line, right? So you're shipping air around the world. So the LCA or your life cycle analysis on that is not only um, kind of from a carbon footprint, how much CO2 you're putting into it with putting trucks on the road and, and whatnot. So we really looked at the pain points along that chain. So it was, yes, it was a very lightweight solution. Yes, it's a very um, recyclable solution because now it's mono material. You don't have mixed plastics, but, but we also looked then at how you kind of take um, greenhouse gases out and help people along um, that value chain that they're struggling with um, for sustainability as well. Hey, jumping in here to let you know about Spark Packaging. Are you sick and tired of the same positions at your plant consistently being open or just not being filled? Or maybe your facility just isn't retaining talent due to not having dedicated recruitment support. If you need contract to hire support, or you are looking to hire directly for industry professionals, Spark Packaging can help. Spark Packaging is the industry partner who provides all your recruitment and staffing needs. If you're hearing this and you're thinking, that's me, and let's be honest, that's gonna be a lot of us in the packaging industry these days, then you need to go to sparkpackaginginc.com backslash hiring. That's sparkpackaginginc.com backslash hiring and answer some of their questions. Once received, a Spark team member will reach out ASAP. Once again, that is S-P-A-R-K-P-A-C-K-A-G-I-N-G-I-N-C dot com backslash hiring. Let's get back to the episode. That's great. And, and as you're looking to, you know, like you, you've got these solutions that you've, you've clearly been looking into, as you kind of peer into the, into the future, What's something that you would love to see happen that would keep accelerating improvement around sustainability? Um, I think it, a lot of it comes down to an infrastructure situation. Um, you know, you probably, anybody that's in packaging has probably heard the stat of something like only 9% of all plastics are recycled and whatnot. And it really comes down to, um, having the facilities capable of handling different different mixes of plastic, sorting, automation. The, the recycling facilities today are still very, very, very manual in nature. So I would say if I could wave my magic wand, so to speak, um, it would be to help increase the infrastructure around, around how plastics are um, utilized in the world. Because there's, I know plastics get a bad rap, but there are, a lot of benefits. Um, going back to you were asking earlier about food and beverage, plastics help a lot with food waste. So again, when you take that holistic approach to sustainability, if you suddenly say, okay, we're out of plastics, the amount of food spoilage and waste and, and everything that would happen as a result um, would be devastating. So it's kind of a need to balance that approach of you can't just one day say it's gone and plastics are the evil of all things you still it still has a lot of benefits in the market and so it's how do you kind of start coexisting so to speak with how plastics affect the world yeah it's uh it, it's a fascinating number when you think about uh that the third largest contributor to greenhouse gas emissions in the world is actually food waste 
behind the United States and China. Um, so, so globally speaking, food waste is, is a massive problem. Um, and, and to your point, there are, there are lots of innovations in polymer based packaging that, that actually sustain the food longer. Right. So, yeah. so that it has a greater opportunity to not just end up in a landfill, but it can be used to feed, uh, feed people around the world. So I, I, I completely agree. My wife and I were actually just talking today about, I told her, I, I want to try to find like a month where our family of seven, like, let's take a challenge to only eat food that does, that comes in like non single use plastic. So like, could we do it? <laughs> and we started thinking about it. We're like, wow, it would be, it would be kind of tough. Um, as, as we were like processing through, like with our kids, like, what do they like? We're like, what about bread? You know, like, what about uh, tortillas? <laughs> like all these things. So we're going to try it. I think it would kind of document it and stuff like that. But um, certainly plastic should not be demonized. However, it, it does need to, I, I think it, it, maybe we need to check that it's not our very first go-to. Like, are there other innovations? You mentioned like fiber-based um, options. Are, are there things that we can do to help minimize its impact environmentally? And by the way, nobody in the plastic industry wants plastic to end up in oceans and wants it to end up in all these no. places. So uh, that's, that's great. And, and you, you, you kind of stole one of my other favorite questions, right? So like the magic wand question, I love that. Uh, just increasing infrastructure around, around recycling. Um, do you think it's going to happen? Like, I think it's a great magic wand, but I start, I'm starting to see more and more innovations coming into recycling. Have you seen similar? You know, it, when you say, is it going to happen? I think at some point it's going to have to, I don't think it's going to be without its obstacles. I mean, cause especially when you think about how that's done today, that's, that's a lot of pressure on municipalities, towns and cities and, and, you know, especially in the United States, taking just a, a you know a U.S. point of view, um, it, it becomes very political because your you you know your neighbor down the street doesn't want their taxes raised, but it, or or when it's a finite budget, is it between filling the potholes of your road or improving the recycling infrastructure? So it's some really hard choices that people are and and general populations are going to have to make. So I think it's to me. The industry or even the recycling capabilities are at a tipping point because I think it's at a point that um, consumer sentiment won't let it backtrack, so to speak. It has to keep yeah. going forward, but it's not going to be without its issues or, or complications for sure. Totally agree with that. Um, Kay, this has been a, a, such a great, great, fantastic interview so far. I've got just a few more questions for you um, before we kind of wrap up our time here together. So you've been, you've been in the packaging industry for, you said what, 20 plus years? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Awesome. I have to count it and put a number on it. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just keep it generic. Uh, so there's, I've been encouraging, I've been a big advocate for younger people to enter into the packaging industry. I don't know how many people I tell it's a trillion dollar global industry. There's a lot of great colleges out there. I've been blessed to be able to teach a course uh, through the packaging school at Clemson. Um, you know, there's, there's so much energy around packaging today that I'm hoping that we get more people in. So if, and by the way, people who listen to podcasts tend to skew 
a little bit younger. So your chances that you're talking to a younger audience right now are are better than average. Uh, so what would what kind of advice would you give to someone who might just be starting out their career in packaging? Um, I would say don't don't view it through the lens that it's just packaging or it's you know it all it is is something that is a holder of something else, right? It's not just the holder of your your shampoo, you know, your shampoo or your holder of your bread, like you're talking about. Um, what when I first got exposed to packaging, what I really enjoyed was some of the front end discovery that I was able to do around consumer trends and behaviors. And packaging is is the, really the first interact, interaction on a lot of that. And I started viewing it really almost like um, fashion, right? Um, in that it changed, consumer behaviors changed, the wants and the needs and how people wanted. And even again, going back to the food and beverage industry and seeing just the trend towards more natural um, um, farm to table kind of aspects, um, taking out preservatives and all of that kind of stuff. From the time that I've started in that to now to see how that that shifted and how that could affect the packaging and and um, and how the changes have occurred, I just find it super intriguing and um, it changes and um, it makes you put it more in tune with how the market is is kind of moving towards customer sentiment and everything. So um, don't I, I guess so to sum it up my simple sense is don't consider it as it's just packaging. It's really uh, all about the trends and consumer behavior and how often people are using it because it's unbelievable how people, how often you're using stuff that you don't even realize you're that you are. I love that answer so much. We had uh, um, Karen Aranya who uh, was uh, at, I think she's at Hershey's right now, but she grew up in India and she said that the reason she got into packaging was she always loved fashion and she had a professor say that like packaging, like clothing is like packaging for humans and that you get to just design fashion, but it's, but you know, it's packaging for products just like clothing is. And she's like, I just never forgot that. Um, so that's in it. And, you know, it, you're right. Like we've talked about sustainability. We've talked about consumer trends. We've talked about, um, you know, it's the first, it's the first interaction that someone has with your brand. Like, we've covered already a large subsection of a lot of CPG companies whose job on some level is to interact with the product packaging. And so it's not like I just make a thing and I sell it to a person in procurement, though that's part of the transaction. There's so much other stuff that goes into it for sure. Uh, so that's, for sure. that's a great answer. Um, well, okay. How would people get, go about getting in touch with you or learning more about what it is that you're doing at Jable, stay in, stay up to date with new products you're coming out with. Um, yeah. What does that look like? So obviously you can visit jable.com and all of our new packaging innovations would be on our website and um, we have it enabled. You can download any of our content in terms of videos or marketing support as well as ask for samples. Um, so that's all there as well. But I would say check out our LinkedIn page as well. We do a ton of webinars as well as LinkedIn live events to describe some of the new innovations we're working on. And a, a lot of it's about the why behind it. It's not just that this is a cool new package. There's a whole reason why um, th that that is coming into the market and what, what the differentiating factor is about it, so. 
Awesome. That's great. Well, I'll make sure to put those links in uh, the jable.com and then also to the Jable uh, LinkedIn website. So if you're listening and uh, you're driving or something or you're working out or whatever it is, first of all, if you're working out listening to a packaging podcast, like I feel honored, but uh, <laughs> you know, you find something maybe more a little bit more inspiring. Uh, hey, we're we're diehards. Come on, it could happen. I love it. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I'll make sure those are in the show notes, and and you can you can click on those and check it out. Kay, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing and continue to do in the industry. And I appreciate you coming on the show. It's been wonderful. Awesome. Thanks so much again for having me. I appreciated the talk. For sure. Hey, congrats. You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.